You're listening to episode 132 of the STEM Space. Today, Natasha is sharing her experience from a high school design competition. A design competition and any engineering design challenge should adequately relate to the real world of engineering, while appropriately incorporating students' prior knowledge. We discuss how to approach this task and what steps can be taken to prepare students for true engineering. Tune in. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. How's it going? It's going... <laughs> that doesn't sound very enthusiastic. It's great. It's great. I'm almost done with this chapter and my dissertation. I'm learning a lot about the literature <laughs> on engineering education. Uh, you're taking me back to undergrad when we were all stressed out and we'd stay up all night doing things. And sometimes we would stay up all night voluntarily doing ridiculous engineering things. <laughs> like uh, we did that thing called Trek. Do you remember that? Yes. I remember it was something with green why do i relate trek with the color green Was our like shirts green? were green okay that's like <laughs> flashes in my head the color green and i'm what is green? <laughs> but yes. yes we were in zachary which was the engineering building which has been completely transformed now mm-hmm. and i remember we had we were tasked was it like an overnight thing or yes you have a certain amount of hours so i, I freak I can't remember when you start, but it's like, I don't know, 6 p.m. or something. They're like, okay, here is the challenge. And they unveil something. And they say, you have this box of materials and you have until 8 a.m. to figure out how you're going to do it. And then you pretty much spend all night in a room with your team playing around with a box of stuff and engineering some solution to the problem. Is that what you remember? <laughs> yeah, and I remember it was exhausting, but so much fun. Uh-huh. And I don't know if our engineering knowledge was useful <laughs> in this because it's like a tinkering thing, right? It's like yes. Goldberg style. Uh-huh. like. And I had brought this up to Justin the other day, my husband, and he was there. He was one of our, I don't know if he was in our team. Was he in our team? I think so, because I did it the year before you joined. I forget why you weren't there, but it was me and Justin and another bunch of guys from our Arrow. So, yeah, I don't even remember the challenge. Do you? Uh, He said it was something about a ball landing in a cup. (laughs) He said it was, like, really straightforward, but, like, the how you get it there was where people just took it to another level. Okay. Yeah, I think I remember a table, and then there was different tasks to earn you points. So, like, you could get – it was a ping pong ball. And you could get a ping pong ball, like, to go through a hoop, and that would be one point. Or to drop it on something else would be another point. But you couldn't touch this table. And this and something like that. Yeah, is very similar to robotics competitions. Like if you've ever gone to like the Lego or first Lego League robotics, it's not ping pong balls, it's now robots with sensors, but they get points for each task. So mm. if you move this here or you stack that, everything's a point. 
Um, so maybe this was like the precursor in the early maybe. 2000s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't age us here. <laughs> um, but yeah. And the reason that I, so like, I really love this challenge, especially for younger students, like even middle and high school of, I know a lot of literature, I'm using this word because I'm, <laughs> my whole world revolves around reading all this <laughs> stuff. But there is a debate between the tinkering approach to engineering for K-12 versus like informed design. So using evidence like science knowledge or computer aided design, like putting it in a computer and spitting out what would be a good design versus just giving kids a chance to play around with materials and learn from failure and kind of retry. And so those are two very different approaches that I see have different value. What's your initial reaction to this debate? Ooh, I feel like that you have to build up the experience with the tinkering before you can do the other one. Right. Um, because going with the informed design is when there's going to be dollar figures involved. So like at the real world, that's what it's going to be. But I feel like you can't get there yet until you've gotten your hands dirty and right. had that kind of hands-on experience. Yeah. And I've seen um, the challenge with people that promote informed design, which I really like, and we talked about in the previous episode on how you can scaffold this with mm -hmm. that decision matrix and a little bit of optimization and just talking about trade-offs that if you don't have experience with any sort of engineering problem solving, it's really hard to jump into that informed design. So I was in a competition that I felt was going to be similar to this one that we had done as undergrads. It was for high school students and they were tasked with this engineering challenge and they started on a Friday and it went through the weekend. So they were done on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So it was basically a total of like 18 to 20 hours was spent in a like maker space <laughs> and they were given this problem and they had to figure it out. And so when I came in, I was thinking it would be more of like build a device because they talked a lot about prototyping and building to solve a very specific problem. But the way they approached it was something that actually is modeled after an undergrad program, which is to tackle a real industry challenge. So the theme was sustainability. Um, and so for example, they were my team, they're like, oh, you're an aerospace engineer. You should do uh, something about making airplanes cleaner. So design an aircraft, like a system on an airplane that produces fuel that is better for the environment, um, reduces carbon emissions, or an airplane that somehow uses less fuel. That sounds like something you are very well versed in Yeah, from right. our undergrad <laughs> instruction. So as a challenge in... Um, First of all, it's more chemistry than it is aerospace. There's so, yeah. nothing aerospace. I'm totally There's... unprepared for this. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but as an undergrad challenge, so let's say you have a team of juniors and seniors that are aerospace engineer, chemical engineers, and they're partnered with an industry member who is like very knowledgeable about this problem. And they come up with design ideas and they kind of can use all this prior knowledge. And that gets to your point of, 
all the prior knowledge needed to even know how to approach this problem. Um, so without any sort of guidance beyond, here is the engineering design process in a pretty picture, tackle this problem with your mentor. Me. <laughs> Great. What? So I was off with a gap of girls. <laughs> You're like, let's try orange juice. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we had some ideas like that. Uh, someone was like, add salt. Or someone was like, let's do a hybrid engine. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I think they have those in cars. And so they started drawing a picture of a combustion engine. And they were just like replacing parts with like solar panels. And I'm like, um, I don't know a lot. <laughs> we like really didn't do engines that much. Um but like this was a long time ago. And so I tried steering them away from like fuel options and like how do we, like the propulsion system is just really so hard. Complex. <laughs> to more of like, let's talk about the weight of the airplane. How can we reduce the weight? Mm. This is like a concrete thing. Yes, the weight, the drag. Yeah to make yeah. your fuel go farther. Yep. Exactly. We can we can do this. And I had two teams and one team was like, great. The other team was like, we really like fuel. We're, <laughs> we're going to stick with the fuel, maybe soybean oil or something. Okay. I was like, help, help. <laughs> How do I make a hybrid engine? <laughs> um, so one team of uh, students was like, okay, we like this uh, weight idea. And so... The problem, though, is how do you research this without these are students that don't have experience or very limited experience with like engineering design and research projects. And so they're just like going to Google images and like Google airplane reduced weight, you know, like, I don't know. And so it was a struggle to kind of help them think through ideas. And then how do you go from that idea to something that is informed evidence-based like so what the judges are expecting so at the end of this competition they have to present the evidence of we had these ideas we used a decision matrix or whatever to optimize our ideas into this design that is going to solve the problem of sustainable fuel or you know yeah so you can imagine how this journey <laughs> So are they given any instruction as far as to like to that end? Or is it just work with your mentor? <laughs> we were the instruction. And okay. I was like, is there a rubric? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. The teams have a rubric. And I was like, okay, it's like do research, have evidence, um, do some, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we were given a training of like five minutes. <laughs> like, what? So I'm supposed to be knowledgeable on my topic. So I'm given a one pager like background on my problem. And that is all I'm provided. And so I'm supposed to be able to ask or address any questions they have. And it was, it was a rough ride. <laughs> um, so one, and then the best part of this is they have to design a prototype of their solution to present a prototype. And I was like, so we're supposed to just build a hybrid engine? <laughs> All in 18 hours or whatever yeah. that was? I mean, plenty of time. Okay. Um, so Did we spend a whole semester or year on that in undergrad? 
Right. I showed them a video of a rocket that we spent a year on that failed because it blew up. Yeah. <laughs> well, the engine. The engine blew uh, up. We yeah. didn't even get to put it in the we, rocket. Yeah. No, like that's that's the process it takes. <laughs> yeah. Um and, and so one team had this like fabulous design of a seat and basically they took out heavy materials in a seat. We actually have a classmate, maybe two that went into airplane seat design. Seats? Yep. Yeah. And I, that's what I told them. I was like, think about the seats. Like, how can we change that, reduce the weight? And then I helped them calculate how much does fuel cost or how much fuel do you need per pound of an airplane? And then if you were to reduce it by like 200 pounds, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it saves you this many gallons of fuel. And then you can convert that to carbon emissions. I was so proud. Thank I am so you. proud of you. That was, that's really good thinking right? there. Right. So it made my brain hurt trying to figure out <laughs> the problem. Um, and then the other team, I was really proud of them. And they ended up placing was the, so the hybrid engine. We got to let's add solar panels to the airplane. Okay. The, what's the problem with adding? Like, why don't we have solar powered flight? Uh, because it's inconsistent and it's really the efficiency is not there yet. With and our they're technology. also heavy is the other problem. Oh, really? And yeah. And so I was calc so there are forums of people. I went in deep trying to figure out why don't we have solar powered flights? And you're right. Of course, like is the sun out and you know, the panels themselves, they can get hit by something or they're not always hundred percent even close, um, efficient. But also just making a plane out of solar panels. Do you have enough power to carry that weight of the solar panels? Mm. And so we basically did some really rough calculations on if we add solar panels to just the wings, how much weight would that add? And can we make up for that weight in like carrying the solar panels? And that's not even including like a battery to, you know, store some of that energy. So you're not constantly just relying on them working yeah. um, and being in the sun. And so it basically, output X amount of power and that cut in half because half of it was needed to carry the solar panels, not a problem in cars or houses, Right. big deal in airplanes. And I was like, and we're not even talking about aerodynamics, like just plugging yeah. solar panels <laughs> just like messes up the whole airflow. Um, and so that calculation of taking into account the weight of the airplane really impressed the judges. And I know this because my mom <laughs> is a judge. <laughs> and so she was like, great work. <laughs> she didn't know that was what I had helped them with. So I I gave her no information to that. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really cool experience, I think, for the kids to like go through this whole process. Um, but as I was reflecting back, I just have... Um, some like concerns about misconceptions that they may walk away with mm. in how engineering work is done because they didn't have the prior knowledge needed to tackle such a complicated problem. Right. And so it was a lot of like hand calculations and Googling and trying to figure it out. And I hope it increased their confidence and like maybe someday they want to be engineers. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? So, I'm thinking about, so what year were these? Kids? Freshmen through seniors, so high school. So any, okay. Um, yeah, I feel like they needed to be trained more in 
and what to how to tackle such a problem otherwise it's like wheels off which is not real world <laughs> uh, right and it was not a very constrained problem um and it also okay i'm going back to my literature review um, <laughs> <laughs> what i've noticed is we have a one size fits all engineering design process model as does Vivify, like we have this design process. And a concern is kids thinking that this is used for oh. all engineering design problems. Yeah. In designing a more sustainable aircraft, we do not use this very simplified design process because it is a system among systems among systems, right? It's a systems problem and you're balancing all these different things. and it's a propulsion engineer, scientist, or whoever coming up with the propulsion system and a team of people. And then like your business example with like the Boeing airplane, like that was that swept wings. <laughs> yeah, with like the wings, like the business people wanted to look pretty. I um, mean, it's such a complicated problem. And that does not use mm. prototyping in the sense of I designed a robotic arm that I'm gonna prototype to see if the string mechanism works. There is no need for a prototype of our complicated system yet. Like, sure, we'll need eventually, if we're going to do solar powered flight, there has to be an initial simple scale model and then like build up on that. But you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Your whole comment about it's a systems problem. That is not something that we do <laughs> yet, right. but is needed. Because you need to understand, and I feel like this is something that if you do a project where like a whole class were to work on different parts and then bring it together, that that would be a really good uh, lesson on communication and how that works. Because one thing affects another thing, and then you have to go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if we had some sort yeah. of way to to give experience with that, because that's just a whole right. nother animal. And it's, this is a stage three challenge crammed into a two-day format, which yeah, mm -mm. this type of problem could be done as a semester year-long project where they're introduced to aerodynamics, they're introduced to power systems, they're introduced to like, you know what yes. I mean? You're like building up and you have units all around this big idea of we need to design a more sustainable aircraft. And there's other competitions like the one I'm part of, SA Smart, which is the San Antonio Mayor's competition. And students tackle these big challenges of environmental quality. And they're like, okay, what's a very specific local problem that I can investigate? And they have a whole semester of like research, talk to experts, go mm -hmm. back to mentors that help walk them through, like pitch their idea, do some market analysis. And there's like scaffolding in there to support that process. Um, so I think we can return to your initial, like, Hey, remember the time we did that competition? That to me is perfect for a two day high school competition, design something that can complete a task, get the prototype, you get to work as a team. And that helps you understand some initial ways of thinking like an engineer that's not overwhelming and promoting misconceptions. As long as we're clear that engineers don't actually play around with, <laughs> yes. generally don't like play around ping pong balls and string, you know, <laughs> but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I ever did that in engineering real world. <laughs> get a ball and a cup with the wine nope. or something. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. No. 
I had to understand every system that it would affect. And then I had to do all the math and the science behind it to calculate, make sure it's going to work. I had to write papers on that to convince the FAA that it would not damage anything. And there was a margin of safety before I even had them build a prototype and then try it out. (laughs) So, And that gets to the, the big question here. How do we best prepare our students if we're going to add engineering into K-12? We want it to do something good. We don't want to set kids up for failure when they go into engineering, if that's what they decide to do. And you and I see a lot of value in engineering for all kids in problem solving, critical thinking, and just how do you tackle something like this? So it's just a hard balance because I think tinkering with this like competition, what was it called? Trek? Mm -hmm. It was so fun, but it's not really engineering. Um, and so like transitioning kids to. Yeah, it's just problem world. solving. So I think, yeah. you know, in K-8, you're really focused on problem solving. And then you slowly drip in some of those other Maybe things. another word. Is that our problem? Is it not engineering in K-5? Like, is it more innovation, yeah. inventing? Uh, no, because nothing's new. Iterating. It's iterating. <laughs> problem solving. It really is just problem solving. Like Hands on problem solving. Yeah, we, we should map out these phases because it's You're like, right. The word engineering, it just causes so much issue with like so much literature. All these people are like, misconceptions, <laughs> the nature of engineering, you've got it all wrong. These kids are like so messed up when they come to my class because they think they're just going to tinker. Mm-hmm. But we also like value that. And so that's where we stages and to try to mm-hmm. distinguish. And anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Now you're getting into the deep stuff of what is engineering? What is life? I don't know. That's my uh, next chapter. So. Okay. Okay. When you write that chapter, let's do another podcast. Let me know the answers. <laughs> sure. But I think the point is, is that we want our students to be really good problem solvers and then we need to prepare them with the tools that they'll need in the future to bridge that gap between what they're doing now and what real engineering is. And so part of that is inserting in career um, exposure, so understanding what real engineers do, and then teaching them how to do research, how to incorporate and apply science and math, because that's that's the real meat of what they're going to be doing and that science is going to change over time and that science will develop into whatever that real engineering is and the tinkering is more just it becomes it changes from the hands-on using ping pong balls and plastic cups to doing design on a computer and doing finite element analysis and that kind of stuff but it it has to morph that way so i think it's just preparing them with what they can relate to now Yeah. And it gives them those fundamental concrete experiences with our world, which you're always talking about, like just experience the stuff around you and how it breaks and changes and can be used. Yep. And communicating all that. That's the core. Yep. Well, thanks, Natasha. It's always fun to get to hear about your literature review and your research. (laughs) I do the work so you don't have to. Thank you. Thank you for getting a PhD so I don't have to. But until next time, STEM Space Out. Do you have a question about STEM education or how to teach it? 
email us at info at vivifystem.com. We would love to help and maybe even discuss it on a future podcast episode.